Hi, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Black Brew. I'm Aaron. And I'm Jezebel. Josh. Actually, I'm Joshua. Thank you. We are your co-hosts. Today, we don't have a scheduled topic. It's just one of our casual catch-up episodes. So we're just going to talk about what's been happening in our lives and just catching up together. So please enjoy this unedited, unfiltered episode of Black Brew. Okay, Josh, so today is Sunday, February 20th, but this episode will not be airing on Monday. It'll be airing on Friday. But last night we saw the College Night Show. We did. We did. <laughs> yep, I definitely saw that. So I I feel I can say whatever the fuck I want to say because I'm a vintage purple. So, um, yes. Period. Um, you know, I texted you that I did not like Purple Side Show, and I did not like Purple Side Show. I'm trying to decide if Purple Side Show was worse than the Broadway show, and I really can't tell. Here are the reasons why I did not like Purple Side Show this year. I thought it, it the entire thing felt so rushed to me, and I don't, nobody, nobody here can tell me that was because they only had an hour to do the fucking show. Because somebody tried to tell him, someone tried to tell me this is because they had an hour. I don't give a fuck. Cold Purple was done perfectly in an hour. There have been good shows that have been done in an hour. The, the problem is not the time constraint. So I felt like it felt, the entire play felt fucking rushed. Like, I felt like from beginning to end, everything was just like a fucking rush. I did like the premise. I liked the idea of having super villains and superheroes and like the heroes being the real villains and the villains being like the real heroes because i i'm a comic book nerd i love superheroes that's like one of my favorites so i was very excited to hear that it was going to be about like super villains and superheroes but i feel like wh- there were too many fucking songs in the show and then the songs in the show were like literally 10 seconds apiece. what happened to these songs that used to be like a minute to two minute long that was good music good singing and good dancing that th- those songs are so short I was like, you got too many songs. There was so many songs to the point where I was like, what is the plot? When are we going to see people actually like do acting and you know have an actual story to the to the to the musical? Which I felt like I didn't know any of the characters. It just all just felt like they just, I just everything was just like done like literally like last week. That's what it felt like to me. So I was not impressed. In a lot of ways, it was. I, <laughs> I was not impressed by the show. But we'll keep, but we'll we'll keep that. For another day well um and this is not to say that i enjoyed gold side show because i also did not enjoy their show as well but i hardly ever enjoy gold side shows where they literally pick an unoriginal topic and they just take some historical moment and then say let's just add music and tap dancing to it but i digress how did you feel about the and show? token black people oh how did you feel about the purple side show josh <laughs> so um yeah let's start with the purple side show so i did thoroughly enjoy the purple side show more than the gold side. Um, there, there were definitely weaknesses. They, I, there were some key singers that were fantastic. I think the lead could have been a little bit better with her moments. Um, I do agree. I think they needed less songs and longer. The few songs they should have had should have been longer, bigger, and more impactful to the plot. Though I will say their plot was better followed than the gold's. The Golds was all over the damn place. Um, I liked the queer representation. 
But I feel like, like you said, things felt rushed and that there really was time to develop the transition between the main characters changing their point of view about the heroes and the person they, they fall in love with. It like to get to the point of them falling in love, if that makes sense. Like there could have been uh, some real character dynamic interaction and growth that led to them changing their perspective. But um, I mean, in, in the end, I had a better sense of enjoyment watching that show, at least definitely in contrast to the boring, blank, I mean, absolute boring gold show. They had great singing. They had great music. But there was moments where, like, no matter how good they were singing, the words were bland, the action was bland, the plot was bland. So I totally was forgetting why I was listening to them. I just kind of shut off the single because there was no purpose. There was no meaning. Nothing to attach to. And we're not even going to get started how um, they went about portraying Black characters and how conveniently um, it was Paul Bunyan, yeah, Paul Bunyan out here bullying and attacking a poor Black man who was just trying to plant fucking seeds. Mm-hmm. Speaking of planting seeds, we want to talk about my hookup that I had last night. But Ooh, girl. so I oh I I definitely did not enjoy I definitely enjoyed Purple Sides play play a lot more than Gold Sides play. I feel like like I'm thinking back to like like because po- Kurt uh, Cold Purple and the Pirate Show, obviously like very good examples of like Purple Side plays. And I'm thinking yes. of those moments where we literally just had them like literally like acting, right? Talking, developing these characters to the point where you literally got so attached to them that you like you were rooting for them. I got none of that. Like, I'm glad we had some crew representation. Mm-hmm. Like, that's great and all. But like the queer representation, they shouldn't have been shitty characters that were like, it was poorly written. I don't know who wrote it or whatever, but I it, I don't know if it, if it was like a script, like a script writing, like, Thing, or if it was like a directing thing or, or or what but something it just felt just so pushed together if like maybe mm-hmm. too many people trying to put their hands in a pot another thing about gold side show that pissed me off and i tweeted about this girl where was the set where were we at location yeah. where was where was the set <laughs> i know that some aspects of theater is meant to engage the imagination of the viewer but like everything. Well, we I did, not we only get, not only was I imagining a plot that was supposedly there, ah! I had to imagine the setting. <laughs> not only was I imagining the not us having to work, actually have to put in labor uh, to to see Gold Side show. You had to literally put in labor to you imagine did. your own plot, your own setting. First of all, we get points based on like the set. So I, I really want to know. I can't wait to see the scores to come out and the judges' comments about what, what score they gave they set. Because if it's anything below like a two, I don't understand how, like, there was no sets. There were no sets. Like, and even if, you know, there are some plays that thrive on minimal sets. But the point is, when you do have props in the set, they have to make up for the lack. So they, they got to look fabulous, spectacular. But I'm wondering, something that did cross my mind, and I think this might possibly be the reason 
for the ills of both sides because we're still in the midst of fucking COVID America. Um, and people were getting sick left and right, left and right, left and right. Both sides chose to sacrifice something to ensure another part was successful. And for golds, I think they sacrificed the time it took to make props and settings to get down the choreography, the music, and the music, and I guess the lines. Um, um, the choreography because that was also bad. I mean, it it was. It's not as crisp as they usually are. I mean, to be honest, purple. But I, I imagine it to be worse. Purple size choreography was also very sloppy. So yeah, yeah, it was. But I mean, we we're always pretty sloppy on everything. So we really need a little bit more um, hardcore dedication mm-hmm. when it comes to making our shows. And you know, the pit, the like the orchestra, the pit chorus, perfect, fine. They always are. Always. And you know why? Because we're not involved because, in drama. Exactly, and they <laughs> they spend the they spend that time getting the music done. Like it, like you when when you're sitting there in the pit in the orchestra practices versus us having to sit through Q to Q and shit. You can tell that there's a different level of seriousness happening on both sides. I can tell that the cast never took it seriously. Mm, well, I won't say never. Maybe they, they've always struck me as less serious than the rest of the parts trying to hold the ship together. And it all comes with like this whole stereotypical, um, I say stereotypical because it, it does happen almost year after year, the sense of entitlement that came with being part of cast, that we, they, I feel like they spend so much time gloating in that that it takes away from like that hard, dedicated time. And it could just be the Capricorn brain of me and seeing these little things that would just make no, me mad. Everybody, everybody pretty much agrees with that statement. It's just really frustrating because I'm like, um, this isn't time to be like, acting a fool like yes there should be moments where we try to find joy in amongst that hard grind but we really got to do that hard grind we only have so many so many weeks to to get this together i mean and like like you and i like we we say like we are vented purples and like i i think back to like when i used to be in college night and like we definitely like were involved and like college night drama as well like i think back to that time when you you were only in pit orchestra one time but that one time you were in pit orchestra josh you caused so much motherfucking drama with your fucking facebook post do you remember when they literally had literally had like multiple people had to come to you and tell you to delete your facebook post because you were posting shit that would fucking uh make us lose spirit points do you remember that Yes, and I low-key <laughs> thought it was stupid because, like, those are at the time there were some serious critiques going on. Because I mean, we were there were moments where we were wasting time, things were not consistent, and I'm like, look, I know that I signed up to sacrifice some time, but at the same time, I'm a fucking college student with a job, and I got to get shit done. You know, and I was like, and clearly those who were above us just didn't give a shit. So I was like, where else am I supposed to fucking go? Well, I think College Night is one of those things where, like, 
you you're expected to like literally like give like your everything to it and if you're not giving your everything to it then like somehow like your question and like look that sideways and if you like even like speak out against like I'm not gonna die for college night like I'm not going to like fail my classes for college night I don't give a fuck like like people look at you like you're fucking crazy but like how yeah. can you be like you know like it's how, the whole point how, I'm at this how, college how, how dare you do homework during fucking rehearsals or like how dare you say no i'm going to bed i'm not about to participate in this anymore because your your physical and emotional well-being is more important than college night god forbid you want to you know be healthy college night likes you to be unhealthy because that's just how toxic it is it's and it's ridiculous because if we're gonna really talk about what and this is coming from someone that's a teacher that's graduated that's had to juggle multiple things. The way you give your all is by portioning out and boundaries. It's not giving a whole hundred percent to something. That's not healthy. And in the end, that actually causes that thing to suffer. If I'm not putting the right amount of time in everything, dedicatedly, structurally, with it, you know, I like having set time, set routine, getting these things done, then I'm not doing it successfully and I'm not going to ensure that it's high quality. And that's what was happening with being in that orchestra. There was so many chaotic things going on. I'm like, I can't dedicate the right amount of time and energy to this because I don't know when to expect to give my time and energy. Yeah, that's ultimately why, like, I decided not to do it my last year because I was, I was, like, getting ready to, like, you know, either have grad school acceptance letters or rejection letters. And I was like, the last thing that I want to be on my mind is some bitch who's a fucking conductor coming at me sideways about me not having my part correctly done. And I'm like, fuck you. I'm literally trying to figure out the next five years of my fucking life. College times I even even be on my fucking resume. So I do not give a fuck. So that's period. Yeah. So <laughs> uh so Josh, besides college night, what else has been going on in your life? Um, I'm still talking to that fella. Um the one who these are going. Oh, okay, yeah. Huh? Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Things are going well. Um, so I've been practicing this, you know, radical practice of, you know, pure, I mean, it's not really radical. It's what people should be doing, but like fully communicating on everything. Like where, like constantly engaging with like, where are we in this? How far are you? Are you ready for this to be more official? And so I kind of did that. And, um, you know, I've had to deal with some of my demons because of that. Because, you know, I, I, I get it. Th- this guy, he's going w- well above and beyond right now. He jumps into the middle of the year teaching uh, in teaching a whole new teacher with whole new students. He's a teacher? In January. Yes. Wait, what is he? In t- January. He teaches fifth grade. Oh. Um, juggling that, moving to a new place, trying to get finances, budgets, all that stuff sorted. And he's really, really busy. And so, like, I totally get us waiting he's never been in a relationship before so like for him the idea of one something new being added and especially something new that he has no con- like no experience with terrifying and I'm, I'm i'm really patient with it but um you know i kind of asked i was like oh what are your expectations are we like exclusive sexually exclusive romantically like whatever whatever and i know for a fact like he he's very dedicated towards being a romantic way but you know it 
he offered the idea of, you know, us staying open sexually because distance, time, whatever, whatever. And I get that. And you like, logically, what I had to battle with is like, logically, in my mind, I agree with him. Like, this is not a bad thing. It's a pretty healthy choice. Um, we have needs and those needs to be met. But I guess like my past relationship trauma has kind of started surfacing from it. Because a little, little tidbit for all the listeners, all my relationships, like one of the telltale signs of an ending was an open relationship having to be instituted. Not because we were curious about oh, it. Oh, it my was God. Because needs weren't being met. Huh? Oh, my God. I literally, my, I have a friend of a friend whose relationship literally just ended because of, like, somebody trying to open the relationship or become, like, polyamorous and the other partner, like, not wanting that to happen. Mm-hmm. Y'all, Paul, y'all people lot- are making us polys look bad. Well, the, the situation, I mean, like, for me... I, I can have sex with other people and not have attachments, but I do personally, like, and it's not like, this is not a reflection of my character. Like, this is, this is a trauma response. I do not do well with the idea of my partner or soon-to-be partner having sex with other people. And it's not because I want to be controlling or I want to have a situation where things are unfair. I think it's rooted in, I just genuinely do not trust other people and my first real serious relationship proved I should not trust other people so well because that hoe, that hoe, and I'm going to call him a hoe, was going around and fucking people without even like informing me about it and not even discussing about it and then completely neglecting me while also verbally, emotionally, and physically abusing me. So it was, it was a whole fucking lot. I think open relationships can thrive and work when not only it's agreed upon but like the people participating have to exactly follow the formula and like framework they set up for themselves or it's going to fall because it's not the act of having sex with someone that's the betrayal it's the act of not respecting someone's feelings and they're like especially a significant other having them involved like they're, they're supposed to be involved in your life and if you can't trust them with who you're having sex with then you have no business being in a relationship with them. Um, and so, like, past trauma has been surfacing within, like, the last week or so. Just trying to, like, calmly engage through this. Trying to, trying to let the, the thinking override the feeling. Because, like, I know for, I mean, and for those with trauma, you get it. You, like, you're going to get what I'm saying. You like that person is showing you all the signs that they're dedicated, they're interested, they admire you, they're in, like they, they, they are here for you. And just because things aren't exactly in a place where it makes you feel solid, all those things like your brain will ignore and focus on the things that make it unstable because you're just afraid to be in that unstable situation. And me with my abandonment trauma, both from family and relationships. It's putting me through a fucking ringer. But I think I'm getting better. And every, the, every day that I do talk to him, like, I get reassured that he not only likes me, but admires me. And I think he's fantastic. So y'all stay tuned in to see how this develops. <laughs> I, that's good to hear that everything is going well. I feel like for me, like, whenever I, like, I'm trying to think, like, about, like, me being polyamorous, um, and 
Um, it was mm-hmm. a reply to that, but I now I don't remember what I was even going to say back to that. It was something about the sexual, the sexual um, gratification polyamorous people get from seeing and knowing that their partners are receiving sexual gratification from other people. Mm-hmm. Um, which is what, I mean, I, it, that turns me on to know that my partner is like, I'm going to go to somebody else to get X, Y, Z. Um, I mean, I would do it myself, but, uh, I recently, I had a hookup last night. Um, <laughs> I got drunk watching, uh, gold side show. And sure enough, I was like, it's time as one should. And yeah. Uh, it's time to invite a man over to my apartment. And I invited this man over and he came over and it was really interesting. I've never had a man come over to my place and like immediately as he gets into the door, literally just like com- like immediately starts taking his clothes off. Like, oh, damn barely like closed the door and he was like already taking off all his clothes spicy i know and then like we like he 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 orgasmed and then he cleaned himself up and then he said that was hot i'll be back for more put his clothes on and then left and you'll probably notice in that story i didn't say that i orgasmed and that's because i did not um but i i i you know um so not getting too many details was it like penetrative or was it just oral it it was something um it was i'm fucking weak it it was definitely something also this is this is like the small i i i for the let the record show and be known that i am not a size queen so i do not care about these men's dick sizes but I will say this is the smallest dick that I have ever put in my mouth before. So that was interesting. Uh, it's easier on your jaws, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have any jaw pain. Uh, I will say this is not the worst Maryland hookup that I have had. I don't mean, but this was really like a drive-by nut. But the, my worst hookup I ever had in Maryland has been that, definitely been that guy who came over who had a drink and an alcoholic beverage and a red solo cup asked if he could smoke weed in my bedroom proceeded to throat fuck me and then literally came in my mouth and then literally said oh i will fuck you next time but i have to go home to my daughter because my baby mama is like texting me and calling me damn <laughs> that's probably the worst hookup i've ever had in Maryland. but that sounds terrible <laughs> well yes so, but, 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 Josh, I'm on my, on, on my goal right now of fucking one person per month for the year, for the year of 2022. So, uh, yeah. Um, I commend you on it. Right now, <clears throat> I do have a couple of fellas that are interested in meeting me. I still don't fully know how I feel about it. Um, cause you know, like, he he the, the guy I'm talking to, he's the one that proposed the idea. But at the same time, <clears throat> my insecure brain is like, is this a test? What happens if like I actually do it? And it like even well, it's more so like being being in a relationship and being in an op- like open situations, you really don't know how you're gonna react to things until it happens. And so like because he hasn't had a lot of experience with this, I'm afraid I'm gonna end up hooking up with someone 
and he have a bad reaction to it. <clears throat> Even though, like, there's nothing in any sign or signal or, like, body language to, like, support that fear, but it's just something in the back of my mind. Um, but he did, he did say that he would be interested in the details of it. And I think that, like, going back to what you're saying about open relationships, um, I think what would make it satisfying for me is if I'm involved, if, if that makes sense. Like, mm, I um, don't want to, I do not want to be involved. Like not, I, not necessarily like physically involved, but like I would get more enjoyment from it if I like heard about it. Like if I, if we talked about it in a way that normalized it, that I think I'd feel a little bit more secure because that means they're constantly communicating. It's a sign they're constantly communicating and not letting room for something bad to occur. I'd also wouldn't mind like watching him fuck somebody. I think oh my God. <laughs> and we have talked about a threesome before. So oh, I'm like, God. that would be hot. That's but terrible. I'm also like an exhibitionist to a degree. So the idea of him watching me or me watching him kind of turns me on. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh my god! I don't care. Like, if I were in a polyamorous relationship with someone, like we can talk about it if you want to. But I also literally do not fucking care. Like, my partner could go out and fuck somebody else as long as we're keeping up to date test results with each other. Like, that's like that's literally all I like would require. Um, this is also partially because I'm also a romantic, so I would not care if they told me about their partners or not. And if they wanted to have a threesome, I would be like okay if they're attractive. Um, but otherwise, I can't <laughs> fucking less about it. I wish, uh, I, like, some part of me generally wishes I could be like that. But from what I'm learning with my counselor, like, my reactions is trauma, and that might not actually ever disappear, and it makes me very mad. <laughs> so I could be level-headed and have a normal life and not be bothered by things like you and Leslie, but nope. Here I am, oh. a hot fucking mess. I mean, it's still uh, uh, there are pros and cons to 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 both lifestyles. Um, I mean, my my like people may like my inability to like or like my ability to just like to detach myself. I was talking to uh, Jalen a couple of days ago because um, I was on his podcast and we were talking about like hookups and stuff and. I was talking about, I told Josh about my, my analogy for sex, which Josh does not like my analogy, which is, I'll say it again, this is like my fourth time saying it on Black Crew, like having sex, is, having sex with someone is like, a, it's like playing a game of checkers to me. It's literally just like an activity. <laughs> it's just an activity. So, I mean, but at the same time, a lot of people are like, they want to have some kind of like, romantic like attraction or some kind of like some kind of emotional att attraction as well they want to have some kind of string attached it's it's definitely hard to date being a romantic because most people I don't see anybody out here who is really aromantic and polyamorous and so it's kind of hard to get people to want and I want I want a boyfriend right now and it's kind of hard to convince someone to be my boyfriend when I tell them, listen, we're going to be boyfriends, but I'm not going to love you. And I'm never going to love you. We're going to date, but it's just going to be like, we're just like associates or acquaintances or like friends or whatever. And then I'm also going to have sex with other people. 
So that's kind of hard to convince people to do unless they are also aromantic and fucking polyamorous, which usually they're not. So thank you to the gay community for being monogamous. We love preset monogamy. (laughs) Do we? (laughs) And I think the only way I could be like any kind of polyamory, it, it would have to be a closed circuit. That whole complicated polycule, no, that would, that would aggravate, that would aggravate my trauma. That's too much of a mental workaround. So you would not be okay. So like, let's, so for example, if you and I were to be like in a relationship, you would not be able to handle the kind of polyamorous relationship that I want. Well, one, you would never love me. So definitely no. Um, <laughs> two, <laughs> two. No, I, I would just, love I would love you, Josh. It would just be platonic love. I might as well just be your friend at that point. Yeah, well. That, that's not a boyfriend. That's a friend with benefits. Uh, excuse you. Do not invalidate my partnerships with people. Well, if, if it was to involve me, that's what it would be. It'd be a friend with benefits. Anyway, let's get, <laughs> enough about the aromantic part, but the polyamorous part. You would not be able to be in a relationship with me in the way that I practice polyamory. Like, oh, yeah, open polyamory. I, I just, I, I couldn't do it. It's just, that's a lot of things to navigate around. And I, it, it may be some level of narcissism, but I, I don't want to necessarily say I'm someone's one and only, but like, I would, there's so many aspects in love where we don't, we're not going to get the exact same thing back. But what I would like to have the same thing thing back is the level of admiration I have for my partner. And if someone is loving multiple people, it's not that it's not well-meaningful love, but it's like I'm just another person that they're appreciating. I mean, I don't it, want that. It really depends <laughs> on like who like if like like I have the desire to uh, write. I guess I, I don't know. It just depends. Like I could have a primary partner and then like have like secondary tertiary partners um, Mm -hmm. where obviously like if I were not a romantic and I was like actually like, you know, romantic, I would like love my primary partner more than my secondary and my tertiary. Like I would probably move and move across the country whatever with my primary partner, get married and like do all those like traditional things but like in my secondary partner is like, oh, I'm moving to this state. I'm not going to be like, all right, I got to move, move my life with my secondary partner because they're my secondary partner. They're, they don't have that same level of intimacy and they're not in the same hierarchical level of like my relationship. So I'm not going to move across the country for my secondary or tertiary partner. Different, then it depends like if I'm like in a, a three person or a four person whatever other kind of like polyamorous relationship and we all have equal footing like we're all equal in terms of like the hierarchy of our mm-hmm. relationship then like that would like be multiple primaries yes that would be even more complicated if like one person it would literally be like a fucking democracy probably like of like a relationship and then like for me i practice the way i practice polyamory because and this mostly comes from me being like aromantic i will probably never really have like a primary partner because I'm not going to really fall in love with anyone so I kind of just practice it as like I might be just a bunch of people's like secondary or tertiary partners 
because I myself, man, I hope I like, I really want a, I don't know what is inside of my like genitalia right now, but I want a fucking boyfriend right now. Maybe it's a sense of loneliness. Josh, do you have any? You need something that's dynamic and meaningful. Do you have any single friends that you could set me up with? I probably do. I just they're not coming to my mind. Uh, <laughs> you know, I really don't know a lot of queer people anymore. Yeah, me either. I'm surrounded by heterosexual older people. Yeah, me too. Oh, it's sad. I remember our gay days. Those were the days. Oh, let me tell you. Uh, talk about the days. Me, Mary, Michael, and Sarah all went to a straight bar last night, and we were there to five o'clock in the morning. I'm just not built like that anymore. What? Unless I'm super, super drunk and dancing with a bunch of queer people. Oh. That was... That was tiring. I had fun, but I was exhausted. Mm-hmm. It, but it was good to be near friends, like in a fun, meaningful way again. Can't relate. We wanted you to be there, Aaron. Yeah, that's what y'all always say. You know what's funny? Right before you text me, I was like, guys, now watch. Aaron's going to do the thing he does all the time. I mean, that they do do all the time. And they're going to be like, y'all hanging out without me. Y'all don't love me. And quite literally five minutes later. just sent me that fucking picture of all y'all together. I literally wanted to fucking scream. I was so fucking angry. I was like, how... Like y'all, y'all literally just forgot about me. It's it's fine. Y'all moved on. I guess I've moved on as well. So don't, no, don't you're just don't. physically not there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. But none of you have ever come to visit me. But I always have to come visit y'all if I want to hang out with my friends. Yeah, friendships are two way street. Hey, don't ass. don't come at me with my twenty k a year auxiliary teacher position. I make twenty no k a year as well, Joshua Love. But you also have more than one reason to be in Alabama, which is to see your family. And you have more motive, you have more reason and motivation to have to cross the state and make that money work. I'm barely r- scrubbing two pennies together out uh, here. Uh, do you know what the cost of living is like in fucking the DMV? I make below the minimum wage. I make poverty wages here, Josh. I, I, I don't know how you do it. But also, you have a vehicle. Trust me, if I had a vehicle, I would come see you very, as frequently as I could. I'd see everybody as frequently as I could. I'm just stuck. I'm just saying, it just feels kind of disrespectful for, like, my friends to say that they miss me. But then, at the same time, I see y'all literally just, like, replacing me with people hanging out all the time as if I, like, as if I was never even a part of this friend group. This is why your fucking friendships have failed now. This is why y'all all lonely and bored now. Because y'all have left me Y'all have forgotten about me. That, that's it. That's why. I think you're reading too much into things, Aaron. I don't. I think I'm reading enough into things. Just enough. I don't I don't know how you could interpret like we're replacing you. It's like for some of us, we're I'm stuck in Montevallo. Like I, I have to make do what I gotta do. Like friendships is not about me sticking to one group of people for the rest of my life and not befriending anyone else. Am I gonna have to give you the same talk I give to my preschoolers? You can be friends with more than one person. 
Mm-hmm. It's okay saying. to be friends with Sharon and Georgie. It doesn't stop her from you from saying that you love them equally and from actually loving them equally. I've been replaced. If it makes you feel better, my other best friends have to come out of the way to see me. <laughs> now, why does that Leonard, why? Patsy, Taylor? No, why would that make they feel don't. any better, Josh? It's to know that it's not because I don't love uh, that I love you less than anyone else. It's just I'm poor and inaccessible. Well, what's everybody else's excuse? No, I can't speak for the rest of them, mm. especially I- those that do definitely get paid more than us. I can't speak for it. Nobody else but myself. Ooh, Josh, they're gonna hear this podcast and be like, damn. <laughs> now I want to tell y'all, I, it's not necessarily that's what I think about y'all. All I'm no, saying is that's what he say. That's speak. what he say. That's I what I can't <laughs> make I can't make an excuse for the rest of y'all. Y'all gonna have to go on and do that. I can only explain my side. You know, to, but, all, to, to all those people out there who used to be my friends when I was at Montevallo, who now who claim to be my friend, but they're not really my friend anymore because y'all have moved on and replaced me with your new token black gay friend. I would love for you to come to this podcast and explain to me why. Wait, who's the new token black gay friend? I would lo- let me finish speaking. I would love, <laughs> I would love for y'all to come on this podcast and explain to Josh and I why. Why you haven't made, not made the effort to continue this friendship? I would just love to know. So come on to our podcast. <laughs> on trial for the God and everybody. Yeah, come on. Come on. Come on the podcast. We love having guests on. I would love to hear your reasoning, your justification for tokenism. Um, so we, we have to get ready to end this podcast. But before we end the podcast, I wanted to talk to you and say this out loud to the listener. Mm-hmm about expanding our podcast so i have been having thoughts about expanding our podcast to not just being a podcast just like a show but being a podcast hosting platform website kind of thingy that we would still have the main black brew show but it kind of be in a similar vein as like npr like the young turks where like they started off with just like one show and now they have grown so they have like several other mini shows below it and I was thinking that it would, it would be called like the Black Brew, uh, Black Brew Podcasting Production would be like the name of it. And I know a bunch of people who like either like already have podcasts and like very, they're smaller than our podcast. They're like just started. They have like a smaller audience or people who like have always wanted to start a podcast, but they never really like had the means to do so or maybe the motivation. Mm-hmm. And so they would make their own little show and it would be a black brew podcasting production there that would be the like that would be their affiliation with us and i would make an entire website um to to do this and they would just like we, and we would get more audience we would get more listeners we would have more engagement i might get paid it depends but um, it's just something i'm thinking about i have a google form right now with like um with like for people to like kind of like register like proposals and like put like demo reels of like either like uh their current episodes of their podcast so like an example of like what it would be like i don't know when i'm gonna release it yet i don't know if i'm even gonna do this or not um because it does sound low-key like a lot of work uh and our podcast is like it's not like famous at all really like we have a very small like listenership but it's just something that was like in the back of my mind because it's something that was like that might be something fun to do so yeah 
you know, I think it's a terrific idea. Mm-hmm. Well, some part of me thinks about making more content too, but I have no idea what I would make it about. My life is so damn bland. Well, one of the things that I wanted that would would come out of it, I was thinking about not necessarily doing like a revamp of comment section. Remember that web show? But like having oh yes a full a roundtable podcast of like people. In my mind, I was thinking like, ooh, I would call like the abolitionist roundtable. But it didn't, it doesn't have to be like abolitionist. But it would like be a roundtable of like progressive progressives, not any conservatives, not any Republicans, but a, a roundtable of like people who were like progressive and like leftist talking about like whatever. Um, I would probably even start like my own thing with like going back to like my celebrity gossip i tried to do that once by myself but like it was like not really something that i actually got a chance to do because it it just didn't it fell flat because it felt weird to do it not like in front of an audience to have anyone to like Mm -hmm. have like an interaction with but um yeah if you're interested in that you should dm us and say that you would be interested in like being a part of Black Brew, and if, depending on like how I can gauge how many people are actually interested, I'll probably release the Google form. But yeah, uh, other than that, uh, I don't know yet. So this is the last. This is the last part of our episode today. Uh, remember to follow us on Instagram at, at Black Brew Podcast, and our Twitter icon is at Black Brew Pod. Uh, please give us a rating and a review whenever platform you're listening and be sure to share this episode of black brew with your friends and your families and your colleagues and your co-workers uh and then also don't forget that you have the chance to sign up to be a guest co-host we literally have like you know a form for you to fill out now to be a guest co-host so now you don't just have you don't have to dm us and ask you literally could just set up the time to be a guest co-host so do that so yeah that's it we will see you next time bye bye